babble.com. Language for life. Why babble? When you can't, when you want to learn a new language, you want to be able to inst actively use it. With real people in the real world, every part of the babble is designed with that goal in mind. Designed by pros. Lessons with realistic scenarios is designed by over a hundred linguists. Use what you learn. Interactive dialogues that get you speaking confidently. Learn on any device. Compatibility with both devices with lessons that are only 10 to 15 minutes. Remember everything. Reviews that bring you back everything you've learned. Number one selling language learning app. Download the app today and start learning language for your everyday life from the App Store or Google Play. Choose how you learn. To start with Babbel, choose the plan that works best for you. Babbel app subscription. Get unlimited access to hundreds of award-winning lessons designed for all learners based on level and time commitment. Babbel live subscription. You'll have access to live virtual classes taught by top language teachers available at a variety of days, times, and levels. Plus access to all Babbel online lessons. People love Babbel. Thousands of five-star reviews. Publications love Babbel like the Wall Street Journal, Business Insider, CNN, Forbes, The New York Times, The Washington Post, US Today, CNET. Choose for the following languages. Spanish, French, German, Italian, Russian, Portuguese, Turkish, Dutch, Swedish, Polish, Norwegian, Indonesia, Danish. Over 10 million subscriptions sold. PlushCare.com Healthcare that makes you smile. Virtual primary care and mental health treatment when you need it. Get personalized high quality healthcare by taking to top U.S. medical doctors all from the ease of your smartphone. Care for you and the ones you love most. High quality. PlushCare's highly skilled online doctors are trained at the top 50 U.S. medical schools with an average of 15 years of experience. Top Plush Care's online doctors give you and your entire family the peace of mind you should expect from your health care provider. Convenience. Just book an appointment, chat via video or your smartphone, and pick up your prescription from your pharmacy. Plush Care's advanced technology is integrated with most major insurance labs and pharmacies. Affordable. Talking to an online doctor has never been easier and more affordable for just your copay or $99 per visit. You can get quality care from one of our highly uh, from one of Plush Care's highly skilled online doctors. They are in network with most major insurers in the US and provide care in all 50 states. Over 415,000 patients cared for. Good morning. Hope you had a good week. I hope you enjoy this next true crime story. Life and death of Chand Chandra Le Levy, part one. Chandra Ann Levy, April 14, 1977, circa May 1st, 2001, was an American intern at the Federal Bureau of Prisons in Washington, D.C., who disappeared in May 2001. She was presumed murdered after her skeletal remains were found in Rock Creek Park in May 2002. The case attracted attention from the American news media for several years. Due to a misconception, the Metropolitan Police Department of the District of Columbia, MPD, 
failed to follow its own search parameters in Rock Creek Park, leaving Levy's body to decompose for a year. Further, the NPD has been informed but soon dismissed the information that Igmar Grandique, already arrested for attacking women at Rock Creek Park, had confessed to attacking Levy. The NPD had said put much of its focus on the revelation that Levy had been having an affair with Congressman Gary Condit, a married Democrat that served, then serving his fifth term representing California's 18th Congressional District and a senior member of the House Permanent Select Committee on Intelligence. Condit had an overall alibi. He was meeting in means with the vice president, was never named as a suspect by police, and was eventually cleared of any involvement in the disappearance. However, due to the cloud, a suspicion raised by the intense media focused on the missing intern and the later revelation of the affair, Condit lost his bid for re-election in 2002. Following a series of investigative reports by the Washington Post in 2008, the NPD followed up and finally obtained a warrant on March 3, 2009 to arrest Ingmar Grandique, the illegal immigrant from El Salvador, identified and dismissed by the NPDC eight years earlier. He had been convicted of assaulting two other women in the Rock Creek Park around the time of Levy's disappearance and was still in prison on those convictions when the arrest warrant on Levy's death was issued. Prosecutors alleged that Grand Dick had attacked and tied up Levy in a remote area of the park and left her to die of dehydration or exposure. In November 2010, Grand Dick was convicted of murdering Levy. He was sentenced in February 2011 to 60 years in prison. In June 2015, however, Grand Dick was granted a new trial on July 28, 2016. Prosecutors announced that they would not proceed with the case against Grand Dick and would instead seek to have him deported. In episode 3 of An American Murder Mystery on the case, it is mentioned that in March 2017, Grand Dick lost his bid to remain in the United States and was awarded to his native El Salvador on May 5, 2017. The murder remains unsolved. Life and Background Levy was born in Cleveland, Ohio in, to Robert and Susan Levy. The family moved to Modesto, California while she attended Grayson Davis High School. Her parents are members of Congregation Beth Shalom, a conservative Jewish synagogue. She attended San Francisco State University, where she earned a degree in journalism. After interning for the California Bureau of Secondary Education and working in the office of Los Angeles Mayor Richard Riordan, she began attending the University of Southern California to earn a master's degree in public administration. As part of her final semester of study, Levy moved to Washington, D.C. to become a paid intern with the Federal Bureau of Prisons in October 2000. She began her internship at the Bureau headquarters where she was assigned to the Public Affairs Division. Her supervisor, Bureau spokesman Dan Dunn, was impressed with Levy's work, especially her handling of media inquiries regarding the upcoming execution of Timothy McVeigh convicted of bombing. The Oklahoma City Federal Building. Levy's internship was abruptly terminated in April 2001 because her academic eligibility was found to have expired. expired in December 2000. She already completed her master's degree requirement and was scheduled to return to California in May 2001 for graduation. Homicide case. Disappearance and search. Levy was last seen on May 1, 2001. The Metropolitan Police Department of the District of Columbia was first alerted on May 6 when Levy's parents called from Odessa to report that they had not heard from a daughter in five days. Police called hospitals and visited Levy's apartment in DuPont Circle that day, finding no indication of foul play. On May 7th, Levy's father told the police that his daughter had been having an affair with a U.S. congressman and said 
the next day that he believed the congressman to be U.S. Representative Gary Condit. Levy's aunt would also call the police and told them that Chandra had confided in her about her affair. Police obtained a warrant on May 10th to conduct a formal search of Levy's apartment. Investigators found her credit card identification and mobile phone left behind in her purse, along with partially packed suitcases. The answer machine was fully full and messages were left by her relatives and two from Condit. A police sergeant tried to examine Levy's laptop computer and inadvertently corrupted the in- internet search data and was, and he was as he was not a trained technician. Computer experts took a month to reconstruct the data to determine that the laptop was used on the mo- morning of May 1st to search for a web search related to Amtrak, Baskin Robbins, Condit, Southwest Airlines, and a weather report from the Washington Post. Her final search at 12.59 p.m. was for Alsac, Alsace-Lorraine, a province in France. A particular search at 11.33 a.m. was for information about Rock Creek Park in the Washington Post Entertainment Guide. Then at 11.34, she, searched, she clicked a link to bring up a map of the park. Detectives later theorized that she might have met someone at the Pierce Klingle Mansion, which houses the park headquarters. On July 25, 2001, three, police, three D.C. police sergeants and 28 police cadets searched along Glover Road in the park but failed to find evidence related to Levy. Later, a second attempt found nothing. Levy's parents and friends held nervous vigils and news conferences in an attempt to bring Chandra home. Relationship with Conda Controversy surrounding Levy's disappearance drew the attention of the American news media. Condit and Mary Mann, who represented the congressional district in which the Levy family resided, at first denied that he had an affair with her. Although police stated that Condit was not a suspect, Levy's family said they felt Condit was being evasive and possibly hiding information about the matter. Unidentified police sources alleged that Condit had admitted to an affair with Levy during an interview with law enforcement officer on July 7, 2001. Condit described her to police as a vegetarian who avoided drinking and smoking. He thought that Levy was going to return to Washington, D.C. after her graduation. I was surprised to find out that the lease on the apartment had ended. Investigators searched Condit's apartment on July 10th. They questioned flight attendant Ann Marie Smith, who claimed that Condit told her she did not need to speak to the Federal Bureau of Investigation about his personal life. Federal officials began investigating Condit for possible obstruction of justice as Smith was involved, was also involved in an affair with him. She was not acquainted with Levy. Upset by leaks to the media, Condit refused to submit to a polygraph test by the D.C. police. His attorney asserted that Condit passed the test administered by a privately hired examiner on July 13th. He avoided answering direct questions during a televised interview on August 23rd with news anchor Connie Chung on the ABC News program Primetime Thursday. Intensive coverage continued until news of the September 11th Texas preceded the media's coverage of the Levy case. In the nationwide Fox News Opinion Dynamics poll of 900 registered voters conducted in July 2001, 40% of American respondents thought that Condit was involved in Levy's disappearance and 20, 27% felt that he should resign. 51% of the respondents believed that he was acting if, as if he were guilty. 30, 13% felt that he should run again for office. A poll sample taken from Condit's commercial district held a more favorable view of Condit. On March 5, 2002, Condit lost the Democratic primary election for his congressional seat to his former aide, then-Assemblyman Dennis Cardoza, with the Levy controversy being cited as a contributing factor. He was subpoenaed to appear on April 1, 2002, before a District of Columbia grand jury inciting disappearance the day 
was kept a carefully guarded secret to avoid further leaks. Condit left Congress at the end of his term on January 3rd, 2003. Discovery ever remains. On May 2nd, 2002, around 9.30 a.m., skeletal remains matching Levy's dental records were discovered by a man walking his dog and looking for turtles in Rock Creek Park near Broad Branch Creek. Detectives found bones of personnel scattered but not buried in a forested area along a steep incline. A sports bra, sweatshirt, leggings, and tennis shoes were among the evidence that was recovered, although police had previously searched over half the 1,754-acre main section of the park, 2.74 millimeters squared, 7.2 kilometers squared. The wooded slope where Levis remains for eventually found had not been searched. Police commanders ordered the search perimeter to 100 yards of each road and trail, but a miscommunication had the officers only searching within 100 yards of every road. The remains were found about 4 miles, 6 kilometers from Levy's apartment. After a preliminary observation was performed, District of Columbia Police announced that there was sufficient evidence to open a homicide investigation. On May 28, D.C. Medical Examiner John, Jonathan L. Arden officially declared Levy's death a homicide, but said there's less to work. There's less to work with here than I would like. It's possible we'll never know specifically how she died. Arden found damage to her hyoid bone, suggesting possible strangulation, but did not deem it to be conclusive evidence of such a cause of death. On June 6th, after the police completed their search, private investigators hired by Olivia found their shin bone with some twisted wire about 25 yards, 23 meters from the other remains, Police Chief Ramsey said it is unacceptable that these items were not located. Memorial Service On May 28, 2002, the Levy family organized a memorial service at the Modesto Center Plaza that drew over 1,200 people from some from as far as Los Angeles. Speakers at the 90-minute ceremony include Levy's brother, grandmother, great-aunt, and friends. In eulogy delivered in Hebrew and English by Rabbi Paul Gordon, Levy was described as a good person taken from us much too soon. About a year later, on May 27, 2003, Levy's remains were buried in Lakewood Memorial Park Cemetery in Houston, California, near her home town of Modesto. Attended by about 40 of Levy's friends and family members, the privacy included with the release of 12 white doves, identification of a prime suspect. In September 2001, D.C. police and federal prosecutors were conducted by the lawyer of an informant held in a D.C. jail who claimed to have knowledge of Levy's killer. The informer, whose identity was protected for his safety, said that Ingmar Grandique, a 20-year-old illegal immigrant from El Salvador, also being held in the jail, told him that Condit paid him $25,000 to kill Levy. Investigators ruled out the story about Condit because Grandique had already admitted to assaulting two other women in the same park where Levy's remains were found. Grandique failed to show up for work on the day of Levy's disappearance. His former landlord recalled that his face appeared scratched and bruised at around that time. The investigators on the Levy case did not interview the other Rock Creek Park victims. Police Chief Ramsey avoid, avoided calling Grandique a suspect and described him as a person of interest, telling reporters not to make too big a deal about him. Assistant Chief Terrence W. Gaynor said that if Grandique had been considered a suspect, D.C. police would have been after him like flies on honey. Grand Deke was incarcerated at the U.S. Penitentiary Victorville for assault against two other women in Rock Creek Park. Grand Deke denied attacking Levy on November 28th. The FBI had the informant taken a polygraph test, which he failed. 
A polygraph test on Granitic Immunity on February 4, 2002 returned inconclusive results that were officially ruled not deceptive because neither of the, the, the informant nor Grandique was fluent in English. D.C. Chief Detective Jack Barrett said that he would have preferred polygraph tests to have been administered by bilingual examiners who were unavailable at the time. When Judge Noel Uncatel Kramer was asked about Grandick's potential connection to the Levy homicide, she responded, This is such a satellite issue. To me, it doesn't have anything to do with this, this case. Kramer sentenced Grandick to 10 years of prison for attacks on two other women at Rock Creek Park. Grandick was sentenced to the U.S. Cemetery Big Sandy near Arnes, Kentucky, and was later transferred to the U.S. Penitentiary at Victorville, California. D.C. Police Chief Kathy L. Lanier in 2009. The Lemmy homicide remained listed as a cold case until 2006 when Kathy L. Lanier succeeded Ramsey as D.C. police chief. Lanier replaced the lead detective on the case with three veteran investigators who had more homicide experience. In 2007, the editors of the Washington Post assigned a new team of reporters to take a year to examine the Levy case. The resulting series of articles published during the summer of 2008 Focus on the past failure of the police to involve, investigate Grandy's connection to the attacks in Rock Creek Park in September 2008. Investigators searched Grandy's federal prison cell in California and found a photo of Levy that he had saved from a magazine. Police interviewed acquaintances of Grandy and witnesses of the other Rock Creek Park incidents. On March 3, 2009, the Superior Court of the District of Columbia issued an arrest warrant for Grandy. He was returned to custody of the District of Columbia Department of Corrections on April 20th via the Federal Transfer Center in Oklahoma City. Two days later, Grandick was charged in D.C. with Levy's murder. He was indicted by a grand jury on six counts, kidnapping first degree murder committed during a kidnapping, attempted first degree sexual abuse, first degree murder committed during a sexual offense, attempted robbery, and first degree murder committed during a robbery. Grandick pleaded not guilty at his arraignment where a trial date was initially set for January 27th. 2010, his lawyers argued that Grandy's federal prison cell was outside the jurisdiction of a court-ordered search after errors in processing contaminated some of the gathered evidence with DNA from employees of the prosecution. The start date of the trial at the H. Carl Moultrie Courthouse was moved to October 4, 2010. Thank you for listening to this episode of True Crime Stories. Stay tuned next week for part two of Shonda Lover disappearance slash murder. Hope you stay safe during this coronavirus pandemic that extends to 2021 as we look forward to a normalcy now that the vaccines are out. If that can never happen, I hope you have a good week. And as always, thank you for listening.